Yeah, Father, just pray that now as we go into the time of the word, Lord, that your hand will continue to move as we open ourselves up to you, Lord. Already open ourselves up to you in the time of worship. But in this time, Lord, come and do what only you can do. Come and show us your character and your nature and what you want for each and every single one of us. In your precious name we pray that. Amen. Amen. All right, so um, Roland was busy preaching on a series on our inheritance. And last week he preached on God as our inheritance. And then he spoke about the names of God, the different names of God and what that means. And I want to carry on with that today. And I want to look at three aspects of God this morning, three aspects of His nature. And um, thank you. And I want us to, to understand what that actually means for us, for each and every single one of us. And I'm going to do it out of the life um, of Abraham. And so we're going to look at um, some verses in Genesis. And then there's three aspects that I want us to, to look into. And uh, so much of what's being shared this morning during worship, the words that was brought and what was shared is I, I really sense that God is wanting to say something to each and every single one of us. And, um, and so God begins to translate what he has shown to Abraham in a vision into the practical experience of his life. So what God showed to Abraham in his vision was a time now when we can look at Genesis 16 where it had to go over into practicality. How does it look? What does it look like? And I think it's the same for us. Um, when we get saved and uh, we start reading the Word of God and we see this amazing God and we read of all these things that happened in the Old Testament and the New Testament, but then there needs to be a time where we know, okay, now we need to put these things into practice. What does it look like? And then God's journey starts with us. Jesus come and work through His Spirit through each and, in each and every single one of us. And He starts shaping and molding our hearts, shaping and molding our minds. And He's pressing our buttons to, to see when we get squeezed what, what comes out. And, uh, and so we grow as we grow in the more of Him. But we're going to look at Abraham this morning um, and the life of Abraham. And so I'm going to start with a scripture from Genesis 16. And um, what happened is God has promised Abraham, Abraham at that stage was Abraham and Sarah, he was their names. And he promised them a child through which the blessing will come um, and the descendants for, for after that and, and into the nations. And then, and then the following happens. So if you can put that scripture up for me, Genesis 16, verses 7 to 16. It says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. And so what happened is, Abraham and Sarai, God told them that they're going to have a son. And what happened is they got impatient. And Sarai said, at that stage, she said, now listen, I have got a, a servant, her name is Hagar. Why don't you have a child with her, and then we make God's promise happen through that? What do you think was God's response to that? Here was Abraham and Sarah trying to make their own plan. And, and Abraham agreed to it. It's like, it's like uh, uh, Adam and Eve all over again, right? So Sarah said, let's do this. Let's make a plan. Um, let's, let's have a child through, 
hey, God, the servant, and let God's blessing come through that. So they made their own plan. And they, had, they paid dearly for that. And, uh, and so it happened. Hagar got pregnant, and then Sarah, he got, she got jealous. And Abram said to her do, with her, do with her what you want to. And she told her that she must leave. And so she's walking, and she's in the desert now. And this is where we catch up from here. It says, then the angel of the Lord found Hagar. This is the first time in the Bible that these words come up. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared near the spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from? And where are you going to? And she says, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will also increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will have a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave the name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. So God comes and meets her right where she's at, in the desert, not knowing where she's going to. And he says to her, and this is what she says, she gave the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. Am I pronouncing those towns correct? Kadesh, Kadesh, <laughs> Bon says like this, Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bought Abraham a son, and Abraham gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abraham was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. And so there's so much that we can learn from this. And I, and I have previously, um, a couple of years ago, shared on something of this, but I just this morning to, to let us show who this God is that we're serving, um, to, to show us what He can do and what He does when He, when he comes and meets us. And so the first thing that He does, the angel of the Lord says to her, where, where are you coming from and where are you going? She's in the desert she knows exactly. She can tell, Lord, this is where I'm coming from. But she can't tell him where she's going to. And I think sometimes I definitely found my myself in that space where I know exactly where I'm coming from. I know my history. I know the, the bad things that I've done. I know exactly the things that I went through. Andre shared this morning a bit of his, his history. But then God manifested himself to Andre and it must have sounded something similar to this. Andre, where are you coming from? And where are you going to? And it's a question that captures our hearts. And God asks those questions. And when we realize it, like this morning, maybe God is asking you this morning. You know exactly your past. But maybe you're here this morning and you don't know your future in God. You're wandering in the desert. And he's asking you, where are you going? And then he said to, to, to Hagar, return and submit. 
Why would God tell her to return and submit into those circumstances? Because he knew that she carried on in the desert, she and her baby would have died. And he says, go back and submit. Because in going back and submitting is where the blessing will come. He says, you will have a son. And he speaks of nations. And what does that mean for, for you this morning here? Some of you say, I'm not hearing God. And one of Roland's favorite things is, he says, what is the last thing that God told you to do? Go back and submit. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you, you have, you like uh, started visiting church now for a while, and, and, uh, but you've drifted. Maybe you're here this morning, you've backslided. You started to dabble with sin again. God is saying, go back to the last thing I told you to do and submit. Go back to your leaders and go and ask them for, for perspective. What is the thing that you need to go back to and submit to this morning? I loved what you shared, Johan. Thank you for your honesty and your openness. Andre, thank you for your, just putting your heart out there. That is a way of God telling them, go back and submit to the very thing that I, that I called you to. Because if you, go, if you do that, that's where the blessing will come. And that's amazing. It's amazing that through that, God can, can bring a blessing. And so with the command to return comes the promise of blessing. Blessing always follows obedience. And there's many people here this morning, if I ask you to put up your hands, that, that have received blessings after obedience, there's many of you that will put up your hands. I put up both my hands. And that's what God is calling us to. He said to Hagar, I will multiply your descendants so that they will be too numerous to count. So Hagar is glimpsing, yes, something of God's omniscience and his power. And she names, she names him the God who sees me at that well. God asked her a question. He captivated her heart. And she says, this living God sees me. And she named that well the well of the living God that sees me. I want to tell you this morning that God sees you. The living God sees you right here, right now, right where you're at. Those words that came, the knell that brought that word this morning, God sees you. Every single one of us, he sees us. And this well is between two towns, um, Kadesh, which actually, if you translate, means holiness. And Bered, if you translate that, means hail or judgment. So she's between the towns of holiness and judgment, and God meets her at the well of grace. The living God that sees me. I believe God is going to meet some of you this morning in the middle at the well of the living God that sees you. Don't know what you're going through. Things are tough for, for, for a lot of people. And God says he sees you. He doesn't want you to carry on and to get yourself in a place where you get hurt and, you, and things happen to you and there's a spiritual death. And he's saying he sees you. And he wants, to, he wants you to go back to a place of holiness and not towards a place of judgment. And I don't know what that means for you. 
Maybe this morning you, you're thinking, God, I, I, I messed up. I'm in the desert. I thought I was in a good space, but I'm actually not. God sees you. Because God sees you. Tani Hilda, God sees you. The Heer is seen for Tani. He knows exactly where you're at. God sees us, and He wants to come and meet us where we're at, at the well of grace. Are you experiencing God to be the one who lives and sees you? Return and submit. I want to say to you this morning, with those words that, being, that was being brought up, if, you feel, if you're here this morning and you feel, you feel you're not worthy, if you feel lonely, I bet if I asked you to put up your hands this morning, who's feeling unworthy? Who feels lonely? Who's in a desperate place? Who don't know where they're going? There's a lot of hands that will come up. Are you struggling? Are you in pain? Do you have no joy? Do you feel isolated or overlooked? If it's any of you here this morning, God sees you. He's meeting you now at the well of grace. And he's saying he wants to bless you, but he wants you to come back to him. And towards the end, I'm going to give an opportunity. If that is you, I want you to be brave and bold and say, God, I'm coming back to you. I'm coming back to you. So that's the first one, the living God that sees, that sees us. That is the God that we serve. He meets us. Jesus, if you look at Jesus in the New Testament, he met every single one exactly where they're at. And he treated them in a way that where they're at, and he showed them that he is the truth, he is the way, and he is the light. Amen? All right. The second one, Genesis 17, verses 1. When Abraham was 99 years old, that's 13 years later. 13 years went by. It says, the Lord appeared to him after 13 years. Some of us are sitting here, I haven't heard the Lord for the last year. 13 years. Appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Say God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. God Almighty. Actually, in the King James Version, it says, I am El Shaddai, which translates that I am the all-sufficient God. God is all-sufficient to fulfill all your needs. All-powerful. All sufficient. And then he says, he says to Abraham, after 13 years, he says, you've now made your own plans. You've now lived in those plans that you've made, um, in the mistake that you've made. But now, I'm telling you that it's time to walk blameless before me. And he gives a command and says, I am God Almighty, the all-sufficient God, the all-powerful God. And he says, now walk blameless before me.
In this new light from God came a new demand from God. That word blameless actually in some translations says perfect or wholehearted, walk wholehearted before me. And he says, I'm all sufficient to make you blameless. And so Abraham and Sarah, they were in two camps. They were not serving God wholeheartedly, didn't listen to his word. And, and, and they were serving themselves because they were making their own plans. And God said, I'll have none of that. And maybe you're here this morning and you're making your own plans. And you're not going to God. And God says, walk before me blameless. And so Abraham had to make a decision. And when he made the decision to walk before, before God blameless, God blessed him. Through Isaac, nations were blessed. We are blessed. We are descendants of Abraham. Because he made that decision. How do I walk blameless, darling? Well, am I walking blameless in all areas of my life, including my relationships? Am I walking blameless in my work? It's so easy to complain about work because I've done it a lot. But you need to know that if you're working for a company, you're not working for your boss. You're working for God. God has given your bosses a means to, 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 to have a work for you, to make an income. But if you work as unto God, blameless as unto God, there will be a blessing. Finances. Andre this morning shared on stewardship about finances. Am I walking blameless before God in my finances? I remember, and I've told this many a times, but when I made the decision to say, God, you gave me the strength to create an income, to create wealth, to have a work. And I'm, I've withheld that from you. And I came to a place where God, I, I give it back to you. And in giving back it to God, God blessed me. He gave me 90% back to live on. But I made a decision. God, I'm giving it back to you. Because if you give it back to God, there'll be a blessing that comes through it. That's what his word says. Am I honest and transparent, transparent before God? Am I confessing and repenting of any of the sins or shortcomings? I want to say to you this morning, be honest before God today. This morning, after, when I'm finished, I'm going to create an opportunity. If you are dabbling in sin, whatever that is, whatever that is, abuse, misuse, drugs, alcohol misuse, whatever that is this morning, pornography, sexual immorality, God is giving you the opportunity this morning to lay it down so that he can bring you back before him, so that you can walk blameless before him, so that he can bless you. He wants to give you a blessing 
And there's many of you that will testify that when you've done that, the blessing came. And you could walk freely with God. Amen? Am I dem demonstrating humility and gratitude? Recognizing that everything we have come from God and using our resources to bless others. Am I living a life of integrity? Am I truthful? Am I reliable? Am I trustworthy? These are the things that God is asking us this morning. Am I guarding my heart and my mind? Am I avoiding harmful influences and striving for purity in my thoughts, in my words and my actions? And so this thing of walking blameless before God, is, you're not going to have it perfect, but it's a lifelong journey. It's a journey that, you, that you're walking with God. And I want to encourage you this morning. So do we see God as the God Almighty, as El Shaddai, the God that is all-sufficient? All-sufficient God. Do you see Him as that this morning? And then the last one. Genesis 22, verses 15 to 19. If you can put that up for us. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time. So what happened here was, um, Roland also shared it last week, Abraham got this son that God eventually blessed Abraham and Sarai with. This very son that the blessing was going to come through and the nations and, and the blessings of the nations after that. God asked Abraham to go and sacrifice that very gift. That very gift. And Abraham, he honored God and he said to God, God, I will do it. And Roland explained last week how difficult that must have been, this very blessing that God has given him. And he's, and he's willing to sacrifice and he said, I swear by myself, declare the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations and earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and they set off together Beersheba, and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. God says, Abraham, because you have done this, because you were willing to give your son, they were on, on that place, and, and, and Isaac was on the altar, and there was a ram that was provided in the place. And that's bringing us back to Calvary, where Jesus provides Jesus in our place. We're the ones that deserves death, but he provides Jesus, and through Jesus, he brings a blessing, and Jesus says, if you accept me as your Lord and Savior, there's an abundance and an overflow of blessing in your life. You will have everlasting life with me and not in hell. And he does this. But that very gift, he was willing to give back to God. And when he gave it back to God, God brought an immense, huge blessing through that. What is it for us this morning? What are the gifts that God has given you this morning and now this gift is becoming a rival to, um, in God's place. And that can look different for each and every single one of us. I've seen God bless people with jobs. 
and then they stop coming to church because their jobs are more important than gathering together as saints. I've seen God bless people with children, and they stop coming to church because, because of the children. I've seen God, God bless people with finances. And so the very gift that God has given us, is if that gift is keeping you away from God, is a rival to God, will have none of that. But if you give it back to God, He says, I will bless it. When I gave my finances back to God, on a specific day, three hours later, I've done enough business to get me out of debt. And God changed my circumstances. Andre and Nina give their home, gave their home back to God. Their house is busy. Their house is open. If I ask you who all has been Andre, there'll be many hands up here. But they gave it back to God. And God through that will bring a blessing. Andrew Sally, I don't know if you guys heard the testimony, but he gave up surfing. He was worshiping one day and, and God said to him, Andrew, I want you to give up surfing. He was, he was world champ in surfing when he was younger. And in that time, God said to him, I want you to give up surfing because it's more, it's more important to you than I am to you. And he gave up surfing. But God brings such, brought such a huge blessing. Six months later, God told him, okay, now it's, it's good. You can go back now because it's not a rival for me anymore. Go and enjoy your sport. And we are walking in that blessing of what Andrew Sally has achieved in God, what God achieved through Andrew Sally, what God did through him. Almost 50 congregations, 412 worldwide. But there's something of God, I'm giving it back to you. I don't want any rival that will compete with you. And when you give it back to God, it brings a blessing. I remember when I got saved at 27, um, we, we moved from Paul to Brackenfell to be closer to the church. And I can tell you now, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have received all the blessings that God has gave me and our family. We gave up everything there to come this side. And it was difficult. It was very difficult, but God blessed us. A big blessing came through. My, my biggest fear is public speaking, was public speaking. And I'm standing here today, I'm sharing the word of God with you. God blessed, there's a blessing that came through it. What about the life of Joseph? Joseph gave up his freedom. He was in jail. But he stayed trustworthy to God. He kept on to God. And God blessed the nation of Israel through Joseph. It took a long time, but he, he gave his freedom up. He was sold as a slave. He was in the jail. But he was faithful towards God. And through that, God still blessed the nation and blessed him. But ultimately, <laughs> Jesus gave his life for each and every single one of us here this morning. And through that came the blessing. And I want to encourage you this morning, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that God is preparing your heart right now. When that opportunity comes, 
don't leave here without surrendering. So Jesus, I want you to be Lord and Savior because you gave your life up for me. What is that sacrifice for you this morning? What is that very thing that you need to give back to God this morning? And I saw this morning, the worship team can come up. I saw this morning, people were surrendering this morning. What is that very thing this morning that you need to give back to God? So that God can come through that and be a blessing. Why don't we close our eyes? Father, thank you that you are the living God that sees. You're the living God that sees each and every single one of us, Lord. And Lord, Father, thank you that from the time of worship, you already come and met us at a place. You came and met us at the well, at the well of grace, at the well of the living God that sees me. going to, as we, with our eyes closed, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and then when I'm done with all the questions, I'm going to ask those that wants to respond to stand, so that I can pray for us, and that we can pray together. So the first thing this morning is, do you feel unworthy or insignificant? Are you struggling and are you in pain and, have you, and, and you feel like you'd have, you've got no joy? Do you feel alone, isolated and overlooked? Does God feel distant to you this morning? Because He's the living God who sees and He wants to meet you this morning right where you're at. Maybe you're here this morning, you're doing things in your own strength. And in your own way, you've done it for years and you, you, you feel like you're in the desert and you don't know where to go to. God is saying to you this morning that He is sufficient and He wants you to walk blameless before Him. So I'll give the opportunity, if that's maybe you, when I'm done asking questions, to stand and to respond to God. And say, God, I don't want to do things on my own strength anymore. I want to give it back to you so that, so that there can be a blessing. And then lastly, what is it that mo- this morning that you want to surrender back to God? You want to be in the place where you say, Lord, I want to surrender all that I am. I want to surrender it all back to you so that you can be glorified. If any of those things resonated to you this morning, Jesus says, if you honor me before men, I will honor you in heaven. If that resonates with any of you this morning, you want to honor Jesus this morning, please stand. Any of these areas, you want to respond. Lord, I want to respond this morning because you are the living God that sees me. You are the almighty God and you are all sufficient, Father, and I want to walk before you blameless. I don't want to do things on my own strength anymore. I want to respond to you this morning. And Father, I don't want any rival that's in your place. I don't want any gift that you've given me 
to be in your place. I want to give it back to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, I pray for each and every single person that is standing here this morning that you will come right now, Lord. Come right now at the well of grace and come and meet them exactly where they're at and show them that you are the living God that sees them, that loves them, that wants the best for them. And you want to take them back to a place of holiness and not to a place of judgment. And come and touch their hearts right now, Lord. Right now. Holy Spirit, come and stir love and grace in their hearts now. Let that unworthiness, the loneliness, the isolation, feeling that that they're not worthy to you, Father, let it go away right now in the name of Jesus. Let them experience your love. Let them experience your grace. Right now. Right now. And then for those of you that have done things in your own strength, just between you and God right now. Say, Lord, I want to I lay these things down at your feet. I want to walk blameless before you because you are the God Almighty that makes me blameless. And I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender to you right now. I don't want my feet in two camps anymore. I want it in your camp. I want to serve you wholeheartedly. And then, Lord... This morning, we want to lay down those things, maybe those gifts that you've given us. We want to lay it at your feet so that it doesn't rival with you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, this morning that for each and every person that's standing here this morning, Father, I pray that you will bring a blessing, Lord, that they could have never imagined a physical blessing, Father, a spiritual blessing, Lord, to each and every single one here this morning, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are the one that provides, that you are our source, that you are our provider, and we want to glorify you this morning in that. In Jesus' precious name, amen.